Welcome to Be More with Tom Massett. In this series, I will aim to inspire you to be more of every role within the Salesforce ecosystem. Okay, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Hello, Vanessa. Thank you Hello. so much for, for joining me today for session one uh, of my Be More series. And today we are here to talk about why anybody should consider being more business analyst. Well, why don't we start out with, since this is the first episode, tell me about why you're doing this. Yeah, sure. So uh, my name is Tom and ultimately kind of here to run a series of, of episodes and interviews with real people in the ecosystem across different roles and ultimately inspire people to embrace more of that role or to perhaps forge their own path and develop their own career in in that role as well. Hey, I'm excited. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, well, thanks thanks for joining us. I, I feel in in good hands here. And uh yeah, let let's get started, shall we? So the the kind of first question for you really is to give us a brief overview of who you are and your role as a uh, BA or, or business analyst? Well, my name is Vanessa Grant. I live in the Los Angeles area. I have been in the Salesforce ecosystem for 13-ish years at this point um, in various roles as a product owner, a business analyst, a manager. Uh, I've been consulting the last few years, so I end up playing a lot of different roles on different projects. Um, but business analysis has really been my my bread and butter ever since I discovered it a few years ago and actually was able to kind of put vocabulary words to the work that I love doing on a day-to-day -day basis. It's really been my focus uh, in my career. Um, so I do that. I also do some clicked coaching on the side um, for folks that are new to the Salesforce ecosystem. And uh, I also co-host the Salesforce career show that uh, gets, uh, taped is not the word, um, Recorded on uh, Twitter Spaces every every couple of weeks on Wednesdays at two thirty Pacific. Okay, perfect. So a professional content creator, then I see. Oh God, <laughs> no cringe, cringe. That that but that's great, and I guess kind of says it all really in terms of your work with Clipped as well to kind of help people get into the the ecosystem. Is that something that you? enjoy in particular do, do you get that out of your everyday everyday role so uh before i really dedicated my career to salesforce um i was a salesforce i guess product owner but i was a business operations i was a vp of business ops at a SaaS company and so i managed a team of seven and one of my favorite parts of being a manager is really like nudging people towards their career goals you know i mean i feel like one of the hallmarks of a successful manager is when your people can leave and move closer towards their career goals. Um, but when I left that role or, you know, was kicked off that role because, you know, layoffs and I'd been there for 17 years, whole story. We don't need to yeah. get into that. <laughs> but uh, when when I ended up switching careers, um, I had two tiny little children at home and the idea of dealing with all the other stuff that comes with managing people, like, like the HR stuff and the administrative things was a little bit difficult. So I ended up moving more towards consulting so I could really just focus on overseeing projects. Um, but I did really miss that aspect 
of supporting people in their career journeys. And so to kind of make up for that like little hole in my heart that I yeah. that I didn't get from managing people anymore, um, I really got involved in the Salesforce community, particularly in business analysis, but also particularly in just helping guide people um, transitioning their careers into Salesforce careers, new folks to the ecosystem. And there's a, there's a lot of information out there. Um, and so helping people find their paths um, and maybe helping accelerate their careers has always been kind of a you know, just a, a thing that I do for, for me because I like helping people. Okay, no, that's that's great. So I guess you could summarize it by your day-to-day your -day focusing on processes and business ways of working and then the other bit focusing on people and, and supporting people and coaching people through their their career paths. Is that, that fair? Yeah, that's that's yeah. that's fair. My, my day job tends to be more project-based these days, but, you know, my after-work community work is is really focused on supporting others which is you know where i feel good awesome. helping corporations is great though okay please keep paying yeah. me for that whoever's listening <laughs> <laughs> yeah perfect and is that mostly aspiring admins is that aspiring bas what what type of people go through those those courses and you support so uh in clicked specifically uh i I do coaching. I, I tend to do coaching for the uh, admin uh, and analyst uh, sprints, they call them. So it's the idea that you can kind of play that role um, in a safe space so that if you screw something up or um, if you have some questions, like there's no stupid questions, just anybody can go through it and and have a like almost like a, a a fake and like real engagement. You know, we, we do our best to kind of make it as realistic as possible. So um, right now I'm in the middle of one where uh, where they're they're doing service cloud, and so they have we have a case issue, and so we're starting off, and it's five weeks. So they're writing user stories, they're grooming the user stories, they're building, they're going to be demoing for us. Uh, they've interviewed us, so I played a stakeholder in the beginning. They they interviewed another stakeholder, so it's we're doing our best to make it as realistic as possible, and we're really lucky that Salesforce has really subsidized the program because they really do want to help kind of close that skill gap in the industry. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, kind of lent on user stories a little bit there. Do, do you have a soft spot for those? Do you, do you love a good user story? I love a good user story, but it's so difficult to do them. Like there's just some, there's like some weird nuance of like being mm. able to do a user story right. And the people kind of tend to like love them or hate them. But if you do user stories badly, like like you can tank multi-million dollar projects. I have seen multi-million dollar projects like teeter on on bad user stories and so i'm i'm very passionate about doing them properly um i've started doing speaking sessions on that i like doing click sessions on that we even have like one-off skills challenges just go on user stories where people are able to practice them because there really is like a bit of formality to user stories but also a bit of creativity with user stories to really kind of get them right for the project that you're on yeah perfect and as as well as user stories what kind of other responsibilities do you have in your day-to-day -day role? Uh, as a business analyst, um, when I'm playing that role, um, there's obviously a lot of documentation in the form of user stories or writing things out as far as processes go. Um, there's uh, business process mapping. So as people are kind of telling you how their, their business process works, um, you know, getting that mapped out into a visual so we can all kind of get on the same page and 
especially if you have uh, multiple stakeholders that are maybe not in entirely agreement on how, uh, how the process should work, um, sometimes having a visual will help. There's a lot of communication um, and a lot of empathy. Uh, I think to a certain extent, you really have to, to ask the right questions so that you can build the right things. Yep. Um, and that's really, I think, at the heart of why business analysis is so important. Because if you just are an order taker and they say, hey, I need a button to, to do something. Well, do you really need a button? Like, wh what is the business value of a button? Tell me what it is that you're trying to accomplish. Tell me what it is, uh, what, what kind of value you're trying to derive from the thing that you're telling me about. And then let's figure out how to communicate that to our solution architects and our development team so that they can figure out with the understanding of your Salesforce org, the best way to give you that value. Yeah, perfect. And I think we, we've all seen uh, the nightmare Salesforce org with, with 20, 30 buttons because perhaps the team were, as, as you kind of aptly put it, order takers and, and literally just took the verbatim requirement, I want a button that does this. Uh, and then not really thought about that kind of emotion and thoughts and feelings and kind of motivations of the users as well so i guess that that's an important part of this too right absolutely i mean you you really need a person who understands the org like on on behalf of all the stakeholders and will make the right decisions on, on the org based on what they already understand what's inside on on well architected best practices um and and even understanding like the future of Salesforce, where if you have all the business stakeholders basically just get to to decide what's in there, like I want a field, I want a button, you're gonna end up with people duplicating things. Again, you get the 20 buttons, you end up with a lot of technical debt. And I mean, for the most part, your your organs are kind of looking like Frankenstein. And I've seen it yeah. happen again and again. You know, you really do need like proper governance, you know, proper center of excellence, particularly in, particularly in more complex enterprise level orgs. Yeah, perfect. And I, I guess you kind of hinted at it already in terms of stakeholder interviews and kind of journey mapping. What type of tools do you use to draw the outcomes from that? Would you go and create a, a journey map? Would the user stories come from that? How How does that work? Um, to be honest, I don't do a whole lot of journey mapping. I do more business process mapping. Yeah. So like um, with business process mapping, like there's a there's a, a number of ways to skin that cat. So it's it's really a matter of how do I how do I communicate what I want to communicate in this particular engagement? Um, so sometimes it, there may be a more formal way of doing the business process mapping with the, okay, we've got the different shapes here and the different colors and the decision trees. Um, sometimes if folks are really new to business process mapping, I'll use universal process notation. I'm a big fan of that. Um, it really kind of covers the who, what, when, how, why yeah. um, of, a, of a business process. Um, I tend to use Lucidchart if I'm doing process mapping. Same. Um, it's 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 just really easy to also do it live. Um, so if yep. you're doing a Zoom meeting, um, I, I find it to be pretty easy to throw those visuals on the page. But I also like to like throw other notes on there. So okay, if there's a really manual process or a pain point, like let's make it a different color. You know, yep. again, it's the how do we? It's not just let's process. You know, do, like write out the process and draw it out. It's how do we communicate? Because ultimately, it's a tool for communication. Mm -hmm. Okay. Perfect. And you've kind of hinted at it already. Uh, but how does your role typically interact with other roles? So 
you're primarily kind of gathering the requirements and translating those into user stories. And at some point, you're going to hand those user stories over, right? How does that work? So uh, mostly in the beginning, it's working with the business stakeholders. So whether you're an internal BA or an external or BA, you know, is a, working with a consultancy, you're working with stakeholders that have a project in mind. So um, getting those requirements, turning those into user stories, um, validating them. So that's a big part of the job. Okay, so what I understood was this. Can you confirm that this is the correct thing that I wrote down and that these are the acceptance criteria. So if we met all of these acceptance criteria, this user story would be successful. Um, and so that's a huge part where we all have to agree on what success looks like before yeah. we can actually start building the thing. Like, are we building the right thing? We are? Okay, great, move on. So once we get to there, um, it's usually moving that user story. And again, that, that user story is going to be really the foundation of that project because it's going to go all the way to the end. So after Baby Bird leaves the nest and, and user story goes off to, to the dev team, um, it's it's more of, okay, how do we solution for it? And the BA is usually in the room for that, but they're not usually responsible for, they should be responsible. Let me just throw that at, but not, yeah. not that they are, they just shouldn't be responsible, but they should be in the room. They should be informed. They should have an opinion. Um, but you, that's where you'd usually give that user story to uh, a solution architect or an admin, depending on you know how your team is is uh, kind of formed. Um, who who is the person who's responsible for deciding how we're going to accomplish this in Salesforce? Um, and then the user story moves to again either an admin or a dev team, um, depending on on how it's been solutioned um, to build it. And so they are trying to build it so that they meet all that, all those acceptance criteria that yeah. ultimately equal success. And then right. we move on to, you know, user acceptance testing and, and possibly training. So those user stories really can kind of go all the way until production um, because we're trying to communicate, they, they communicate what we're trying to accomplish, um, you know, in, over the course of a project. Yeah. No, that, that's great. And you kind of touched on acceptance criteria there as well. W would you agree that if your acceptance criteria is well written, they can serve as your test scripts? Yes, they're oftentimes the basis of the test scripts. And, and that's where it's like, I feel like a lot of times people think business analysts like go into a cave after after the requirements are gathered, like, you know, okay, we put them away until the next project. Yeah, they're done. But BAs, like I said, those those user stories are supposed to carry you throughout the project. Like they are the backbone. They're, they're the to-do list. Uh, they are oftentimes the basis for those user acceptance uh, test scripts. So, mm -hmm. okay, we need we needed to do this. Okay, well, what's the click path so that we can get to that? All right, did it work? Yes, no. Okay, great. And, and move on. Yeah, perfect. And... A little bit of a controversial question, and, and, and I feel like you're definitely going to have an opinion on this one. Oh, no. Do I need to pull up? I, I already know. I already know. Let me pull okay, up LinkedIn. Well, yeah. So do you typically see people in this role, in the BA role, full-time as their entire kind of responsibility? Or do you sometimes work with perhaps a consultant or a solution architect that's performing that role? Like, what what's the norm in the ecosystem? I don't that controversial i'm actually okay with this yeah so so business analysis it's it, again it depends on the, on the complexity of your org and the size of your team you know your team makeup um i think 
for me, consultant and business analyst, you can be both. Um, for me, consultant is a title, but business analyst is a role. So I'm a consultant at my current organization. You know, I'm an associate principal consultant, but on this project, I might play a business analyst. And so when they bill me out, I'm a business analyst on this project, I might be a solution architect. So they bill me out as a solution architect, but my title is always going to be associate principal consultant. It's not business analyst on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, so for for more extor external projects, I think of it as like the role that you play on that particular project and certain projects when they're very complex need somebody full time who who's going to be playing that business analyst role. Um, now, uh, there are certain orgs, um, you know, internally um, that need a full time business analyst if they do have a particularly complex uh, org or they have a lot of users and they're continually improving it they're they're really adopting agile methodology and and continuous improvement yeah likely you're going to need a full-time business analyst but if you don't that admin has to wear that hat whoever is responsible for anything that is project based on a salesforce org needs to wear a ba hat business analysis is the foundation of any healthy salesforce org period I'm loving the passion that's coming out there. <laughs> you, you definitely feel, yeah, a little bit strong about that, but it's great. So kind of kind of moving on to, to the next point, really. If there are people that are watching this and they're thinking, maybe this is something I want to do, I, I maybe want to become a BA or, or go down this path. What kind of advice would you give those looking to start out? Like, where's the best place for them to get started? So uh, at this point, I would probably say Trailhead is the best place to start. Um, there is a business analyst certification that came out last July. See, I thought you were going to bring up the controversial point of should admin be the prereq because I was ready to fight for that. But yeah. We are at this point where admin is not a prereq for it. So if folks that are interested in just going straight into a business analyst career um, can do the uh, business analyst certification trail mix, I think there's a lot of good information on there. It's still a work in progress. So I do feel like um, also checking out other resources like Elements Academy or BA blocks like non-Salesforce business analysis, foundational education um, is useful. Salesforce is just very focused on admins and developers and architects right now. And so I don't think the emphasis has been put on business analysis quite as much as it should. So while Trailhead is good, I do think people looking to start out should also seek sources outside of Trailhead uh, in order to get a better, well-rounded foundation for business analysis and work with other BAs. Do a clicked experience. Perfect. So you kind of hinted at it already, but a, a mixture of kind of hands-on real life experience plus certifications as well and I guess if you if you can um, you're probably in a stronger position if you do try to go for that admin cert first right and kind of absolutely oh you, you yeah. had to bring it up yeah yeah perfect Listen, all right so, I'll, I'll, I'll touch on it real quick like I think it's really important like I'm not going to ever suggest that anybody go for that business analyst cert first. Go for the admin cert. To understand Salesforce at a foundational level will make you a better business analyst if you are going to be a Salesforce business analyst. Otherwise, you just end up writing these user stories that are going to lead architects and admins to like, oh, I guess we need custom code for that. Like, You don't yeah. want to rebuild Salesforce. You have to understand what Salesforce does so that you can be a good BA because ultimately you have to coach those stakeholders into what's possible. And if you don't know what's possible, you can't coach them. Yeah, so. no, definitely. And it kind of leans into a little bit like 
user guidance and engagement as well. Like, for example, if you're writing a, a user story and you didn't know that a path was a thing in Salesforce, you, you wouldn't necessarily like hint at that or, or lean into that into your user story. So and there, there are other things as well, like help text and validation rules and all these other things that you wouldn't necessarily know if you didn't have that Salesforce exposure, right? Absolutely. We're all human, right? And we, we make mistakes all the time. If you were to start out again, so say this was you right now at the beginning of your journey, what would you choose to do differently or what would you change? Um, I probably would have gotten involved in the community sooner. Um, I really, and I was a decade into my Salesforce career before I really tapped into the Salesforce community. And um, where that held me back, particularly in something like business analysis, where there isn't a ton of information readily available on the Salesforce website, is by speaking to the community um, and kind of finding the people that were experts in the areas that I didn't even know I wanted to be an expert in, but by, by getting involved, like like the first time I saw Richard Cunningham speak or Ian Gott speak, like like I almost like white knuckled my chair because I was so like, yes, I totally understand what you're talking about, but I didn't have the vocabulary to really express it before. And so getting that vocabulary down, which is why I love pushing clicked because it's it's not even a matter of doing the thing. It's can you build that vocabulary so that you can articulate the career that you want, so that you can find the resources that you need? If you don't have the vocabulary, it's very difficult. And uh, and it's still a learning journey. You know, we're now now that I'm more involved in the community actively, you know, it's not even just about taking in the the resources. It's about how can I help be on on shows like this and help create the resources for future BAs so that maybe they don't have as hard of time as I did when I was starting out kind of four years ago. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, I think this type of format as well is equally here to encourage insp- aspiring or kind of want to be BAs really and kind of empower those people using people like yours experiences to actually going ahead and kind of being signposted to the correct resources and, and tools to ultimately build their own their own path and journey right that that's why we're here so that that's great. yeah so if you would like to kind of change people's perception of the BA track or what what people kind of perhaps stereotypically label a BA as what's one thing that you would like to kind of change or or maybe dispel a myth uh about well other than we don't go into a cave after the requirements have been gathered (laughs) um I do think it's important that BAs are part of the dev team um and so I I think that sometimes it's it's oh BAs are, are very focused on on business and so they shouldn't they shouldn't have an opinion, but especially if you do have that admin cert, if you do have those that foundational knowledge of Salesforce, um, it's important for a BA to say, let me let me see what you're doing. You know, let me understand the development work that's that's been done and let me have an opinion on it. Sometimes, especially with the BA being so close to those end users, a lot of times they can look at development work that's in yeah. progress and go, this isn't gonna work, guys, because of XYZ, because I've spoken to Jeff. And Jeff has very strong opinions about this thing, <laughs> you know, and so it's it's having some more of that human element in there in, in your development. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think that that's a great takeaway for almost every uh, role across the, the ecosystem is about working together. And as you kind of put it, being in the shoes of Jeff 
and and kind of personifying that that user and ultimately thinking oh actually is this this great for them like are there too many clicks here or or whatever it is you know um okay perfect well i mean i'll just throw a quick a quick sidebar is like being the ba i often have to demo something at the end of a sprint mm -hmm. and there are plenty of times where i look at the work that's been done and i go does it meet all the acceptance criteria yes would anybody use this absolutely not so that's where <laughs> doing kind of the end-to-end -end, like okay yeah. does, this, does this business functionality work well um and letting the ba kind of contribute to that I, I, i'm a big fan of and continuously learning like those user stories aren't a rigid thing right they're a living breathing document almost so yep. Yeah, naturally they they will change over the course of the project. So that that's good to to remind viewers of that. So the last question really is how can people connect with you and kind of be inspired by by your content? So you mentioned the the career roadshow, other things like that. You know, any other plugs that you'd like to put out or any other kind of references that particularly helped you on your BA journey? Well. Absolutely feel free to check out the Salesforce Career Show um, pretty much anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Um, you can find me on Twitter. I'm pretty active, um, RL Vanessa Grant. LinkedIn is Real Vanessa Grant. Um, and uh, pretty much, I think if you just Google Vanessa Grant and Salesforce at this point, if you see a romance Canadian author, that's not me. I don't write saucy <laughs> content as my side hustle, but uh, but any other stuff that's Salesforce related would be would be me. Okay. Awesome. Well, thanks again for, for joining us today. And hopefully that this content, when it goes out live, it will help inspire those that are kind of pursuing their own paths to become empowered uh, to be better BAs or, or to start out their own career as, as BAs. So that's that's great. And, and thanks again for your time. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for tuning in to Be More with Tom Bassett. Don't forget to like, subscribe and leave any feedback in the comments.